I'm Bill McMurdo and this is Kingdom Wealth Online Podcast. I want to speak today about wealth transfer. How does it happen? And there is a Bible secret to that. And remember that these secrets in God's Word are not kept from us, they're kept for us. And I was in a meeting the other day and somebody mentioned wealth transfer. And then I mentioned this in a further meeting that day. And somebody asked me, how how do you make it happen? How does it how do you get it? How do you get wealth transfer? Well, the Bible tells us how, and that's what I want to share with you right now. And to do that, we're going to go back into the Old Testament, way back into Genesis. In fact, it's Genesis chapter 15 uh, to begin with. And we're going to look at a story, something that happened in the Old Testament, and see how wealth transfer, there are principles to it, there are secrets to it. And so Genesis chapter 15, God is speaking to Abram, and verse 12 says, when the sun was going down, a great, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. That's speaking about Israel going into Egypt. And, and then it says, and also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions, or as the King James says, with great substance. They'll come out with great possessions. So they'll they'll serve this other land, they'll be slaves. But they'll come out with great substance. Their captivity will be turned, in other words. And we know the story, it's a well-known story, Israel coming out of Egypt. We'll pick up this story again in terms of the thread that we're looking at in Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, we read further into this, and it says here in verse uh, 21, the Lord says, I will give this people, speaking about Israel, favour in the sight of the Egyptians, or I will cause the Egyptians to look favourably on you. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed, but every woman shall ask of her neighbour, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. And one translation says, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Now that's wealth transfer. And then we read in Exodus further on in chapter 11. And we'll just follow this little thread through here. And in verses 2 and 3 it says, uh, God has said to Moses, I'll bring one more plague on Pharaoh in Egypt. And it says, verse 2, Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbour, and every woman from her neighbour, articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favour in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. So there's a supernatural thing happening here that God is elevating Moses in, in the eyes of all the Egyptians. And these are Moses' folks. These are Moses' people. And so it's obviously clear from Scripture here that Moses... Image, Moses' reputation, Moses' 
personality, ca character, in other words, his public image, was a factor in this, a factor in the Egyptians basically saying, well, here you go. Now, Exodus chapter 12, the next chapter, and we'll, we'll pick up the, the story here, it says, um, Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. Now watch this, this verse sums all this up. Verse 36 of Exodus 12. And the Lord had given the people favour, in the sight of the Egyptians, and, they, and Egypt is always, folks, as, as you, you probably know, Egypt is a type or a metaphor, a, a symbol, if you like, of the world. Egypt is the world, okay? So the Lord given the people favour in the sight of the Egyptians or the world so that they granted them what they requested. It took divine favour to do that. Then it says, thus they plundered the Egyptians. Wow. I mean, wow, because there are two things going on here that we need to understand. And this is how wealth transfer happens. This is how wealth transfer works. This is how it is affected. And one of the things is maybe easier for us to understand than the other thing, because there are two key factors here. First of all, there's the favour of the Lord. God gives favour. God gives us favour, and it's favour that brings about the wealth transfer. Amen? The Lord gave them favour. They asked of the Egyptians, can you give me your silver, your gold? I mean, imagine what chapping your neighbour's door today and saying, do you have any gold in the house, any jewellery? Yes, can you give me it? And, you know, especially if he says, well, I'm, I'm off, I'm, I'm leaving here. Now, um, some people look at this as that they borrowed the gold and silver. And, of course, God drowned that debt in the Red Sea. But really, it just says they asked. Imagine going up to wealthy people and saying, can I have your car? Can I have your house? Can I have your jewellery? Can I have your gold and your silver and your clothing? They just asked. And they got it because God gave them favour. And I think there's a little bit also of, of the fear of Moses on those folks. They realised Moses was a man, a powerful man, and maybe, yes, God gave them favour, but maybe they've got one eye on Moses saying, you know, this guy is not to be messed with. Um, but that part is just wow. God gave them favour that they could ask of the Egyptians, and the Egyptians readily gave. I mean, it didn't just happen to one or two. I mean, this was widespread, wide scale. But the second part of this is the bit you need to get. And let me just say this to you. I think the favour part takes you so far in that you can believe for favour from God. You can believe that God will give you favour with folks, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's the second part you need to understand. And it says that this was the means by which they plundered the Egyptians. God doesn't hide it. He doesn't mince his words. He never does. The point being this, they plundered the Egyptians. Now what that really means is they took spoil of them. You know, when you go into a battle, and I was reading today 
about David getting into battle and plundering the enemy. You take the spoils of war. If you defeat the enemy, you take what belongs to him, you take his possessions. The Lord didn't hide the fact that this was plunder. He could have said, oh, they were they were real nice, they gave it, they handed it over, but he he identifies it as plunder, as the spoils of battle, as literally robbing them of this because of battle, if you like. Not stealing it, but plundering it. In other words, something took place, some kind of interchange, exchange, whatever took place supernaturally, and the power of the world... Now remember, Egypt is a type of the world, and the world holds on to its stuff. We know that. That spirit of Mammon, that spirit of Babylon, that whole uh, hoarding, covetous, evil eye thing that goes on in the world, is that rich men don't just hand over their stuff unless they've been touched by the Spirit of God or unless they're uh, you know, unnaturally generous. Now I've known a few guys that weren't Christians but were, were at a generous heart. And you get that. But really, the general thing, and, and bear in mind how wide-scale this was, right across uh, you know, the children of Israel asking loads and loads of Egyptians, that they, they handed it over. It was God's favour that did that, but it's also plunder. And this is the bit I want you to understand, folks. You need to get this. When you believe for wealth transfer, you have to understand that God will plunder the wicked. God will plunder some folks. You'll plunder some folks. This isn't a nice thing. This isn't a, oh, they just, they were so blessed and they just handed over their money. No, 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 this is plunder. The Bible tells us so. And if you're going to function in, in a kingdom wealth economy, if you're going to function in biblical economics, if you're going to believe God for wealth transfer, you have to accept that there's an element of plunder. And it isn't fair. And it isn't meant to be fair because in God's eyes, they have what belongs to you, what belongs to him. The silver is mine and the gold is mine in Haggai chapter 2. Uh, and let's just go there because it's the same thing. I know we look at a lot of these scriptures quite a bit, but we've just read these ones in Exodus. Uh, you don't get a lot of teaching and plunder. Let me just say that, but you'll get it here. But over in Haggai, he talks about in the end days, and the end times, the end times temple. Uh, and, and we have looked at this, and uh, I, I want us to just do it again, because this is the principle that we need to understand. Your very presence is a magnet. Remember that book that came out, uh, was it The Secret, and it was all about the law of attraction, and that you attract stuff. Well, you are a magnet for wealth if you're a Christian, and if you activate and switch on your magnet, which is your spirit man. Your spirit man is a bank. And your spirit man attracts the wealth of the wicked. But you have to activate it, and you have to activate it by being honest with yourself and understanding that this is plunder. It's not you can't be nice about this. Now, he says in Haggai chapter two, he says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Yet once it's a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. You'll shake it all. And I will shake all nations. <coughs> Excuse me. And the desire of all nations shall come. That word desire means treasure, precious things, uh, precious jewels, 
treasure, things that are of value, gold, silver, precious stones, stocks, shares, money. The treasure of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts, speaking about the temple. And of course, it's the last day's temple, which means it's you and it's me. It's the body of Christ. He says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. So what the Lord of hosts is doing right now inside you is speaking and saying that silver's mine, that gold is mine. Now that's not covetousness. You see, covetousness is the counterfeit of this. Covetousness is you being soulish and carnal and saying, I want all that stuff. It's, you know, it's being covetous of stuff. You don't need to be covetous. And one of the reasons you don't is because the silver is mine and the gold is mine. In other words, it belongs to the Lord of hosts. And it belongs in his temple. And you are his temple. So it, 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 you're just stewarding it anyway. Amen. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And he keeps talking about in this passage and many others that he's the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? He is the captain, the Lord, the commander of heaven's armies, which of course are angelic beings. And he's saying if you believe him, you will activate those angels. Now I'm not talking about bossing angels around. That's, that's dubious stuff. That's dodgy. You don't do that. But what you do is you speak the truth the wealth of the wicked belongs to me. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. As you speak these words, you activate angels. And the wealth transfer takes place. How will it come? As in, where will it come from? Who will it come from? All that. You don't need to know that. You only need to know the part of it that you need to know, which is the Bible part of it. And that the Bible part of it means the faith part of it. So you need to know wealth transfer is your portion. You need to know that the money you require to do whatever it is that you, you is on your heart to do, you need to know that you don't have to get that money in the sense of somehow obtaining it by achievement or whatever. You need to, just to understand it's yours. It belongs to you. All things are yours. The things you need are certainly yours. God supplies all your need. And the Bible says he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Which means that he's already blessed us in the invisible realm of the glory. And you only have to get it, if you like, out of the glory to manifest in this earth, in this visible realm. So wealth transfer is simply saying, all that stuff out there belongs to me. Now you're not coveting it as in, you know, so you start to manipulate, do witchcraft, and crazy things to get it. That's wrong and stupid. You believe for it. You believe in the grace. You believe in the favour. For you know the favour of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor on the cross. That you through that poverty on the cross might be rich. The divine exchange. He exchanged his riches for your poverty and then you got his riches. And then it says in the next chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8, and God is able to make all favour abound toward you, that you always having, always having, always, 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 always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. In other words, you will be engulfed with supply. And a lot of that is going to come from wealth transfer. And, and maybe individual cases, all of it will come through wealth transfer. 
you know, how will that work? Well, we could speculate about that, but that's not our job. That's not my job to say to you, you know, you might have a rich uncle who dies and leaves you his millions. Because if you don't have a rich uncle, then you might think, well, it can't come any other way. It will come because God is your source and wealth transfer is your portion. And you have to understand that it's God's purpose to take it from the wicked. And sometimes, of course, that will involve shame and humiliation for the wicked. But that's not your problem or your business either. Your problem or your business, if you like, is simply to believe God. That ought not be a problem if you're meditating his word. It will be a problem if you're not. If your head is full of EastEnders, Coronation Street and, you know, junk novels and all that stuff and gossip and just mess, you're not going to walk in wealth transfer. It's just not going to happen. You have to be somebody who's sold out to meditate in his word, to believe in his word, to walking close to him. And it doesn't matter where it comes from or who it comes from. You know, and, and the other thing as well is, you know, we get all this kind of, uh, we have our own ideas. Oh, well, Bill Gates is going to send me a check for a million dollars and all that. Leave it to the Lord. Leave it to the Lord. Don't you be going around identifying how wealth transfer is going to happen in your life other than these general principles and other than understanding and accepting. And see, a lot of people don't want to accept that it's plunder. Well, I don't really want to receive it if it means somebody else goes without. Folks, it belongs in the temple. So if you can accept that it belongs in the temple, then you're not yet ready to walk in wealth transfer. So the how of it is very simple. The wealth transfer is going to come through the favour of God. You see, practically speaking, this is how you get it. You keep saturating yourself with the truth that you are favoured. You're greatly blessed and highly favoured. You keep telling yourself, I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. I'm blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham got his initial surge of wealth from, actually, from, from Egypt. He got it from Egypt. Um, and that's where, he, in other words, he got it from the world. Because he got it by wealth transfer. Read Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 13. And you will see that that's how Abraham kicked off in manifesting, if you like, the wealth that God promised him. He was very rich in, in cattle, in silver and gold. Silver and gold and cattle are the commodities of the Lord. Now, uh, Abraham, Abraham went down to Egypt and... Um, of course, the, when, when they were in Egypt, the Pharaoh fancied his wife. <laughs> and uh, Abram, oh, that, that's my sister. And, and, um, and of course, Pharaoh gave uh, Abram lots of money um, to, to get him out of the place because the Lord had plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues. And um, Abram was very rich, and clearly that came from his journey to Egypt, probably uh, the, the, the Pharaoh, of course, um, gave him the wealth. And it tells us that he'd sheep, oxen, asses, men servants, maid servants, she asses, camels, 
And the Lord plagued uh, Pharaoh because he fancied Sarah. And so, bit of a mess up. Abraham wasn't walking like a giant of faith here, by the way. But wealth transfer still happens. You don't have to be Smith Wigglesworth to get wealth transfer. That's a good thing. You just simply have to believe God for it. Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of Sarah. And of course, Abram uh, didn't tell Pharaoh, it's actually my wife. And yet nonetheless, even though he wasn't uh, very strong in faith and, and very courageous, he came out wealthy. And that's good news for us because, you know, wealth transfer is dependent upon us believing God for it. And the Bible tells us that Abram believed God but in those early days in particular, Abram wasn't such a great example of faith. And you don't need to be some kind of spiritual giant to walk in wealth transfer. You just simply have to believe that it belongs to you. And, you know, in a sense, you could look at it and say, well, God plundered Pharaoh. Well, Pharaoh didn't really do anything wrong. In the sense of, you know, he wasn't aware that Sarah was Abraham's wife. And, but nonetheless... God will plunder Pharaoh. God will plunder the world. And you have to accept that's what it is. It's a big part of this. You believe in the favour, but you also say, you know what, Lord, I don't care how it comes, because if it comes through you, then it's legit. Amen? So that's how it works, folks. Favour is the key. Tell yourself over and over, I have the favour of God. The favour of God has made me rich. The favour of God is making me rich. The favour of God will make me uh, richer and richer still. Make confessions based on God's word. Look at all the favour scriptures. There are many of them. Get some good books on favour. Jerry Savelle, Joseph Prince. There's a great little book, Favour, The Road to Success, by a guy called Bob Weiss. Uh, it's B-U-E-S-S. You'll get it online. Uh, in fact, I think the PDF's available free online. Read all these things about favour. Saturate your thinking with the favour of God. Saturate your thinking that you're blessed with faithful Abraham. And understand this wealth transfer belongs to you. It is your portion. All you have to do is receive it by faith. And it will start to show up in your life. It will come. God will plunder the wicked to give you the things that are yours. The things that belong in his temple. And you are his temple. So be blessed and you will walk in wealth transfer when you believe it is your portion. Till next time, the Lord bless you.